cool. Hey man, welcome to like the best podcast in the world, man. I mean like, I guess that's, that's like my opinion, man, but yeah, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing today? Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Manchild Podcast. Episode 14, I believe, which is awesome. So thank you for returning. Much appreciated. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. Uh, if you are, please feel free to share it with a friend um, or give it a little like or rating, whatever. Just something, you know. It's only going to grow if it grows organically. And I want it to be, you know, real. Get real fans, people who actually enjoy it. That's the, that's the goal here. Also, just trying to make myself better, too. That's also a little bit of a goal, a little selfish goal I have. Speaking of goals, uh, I checked a couple of my uh, goals off my list this past weekend. Um, for 2018, a couple personal goals that I had. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, two things I did. I was able to perform on a real show. I finally, like I said, you know, got to perform at the roast. I got to do five minutes of stand-up and five roast jokes, which was awesome. I it went it went really well. It's probably one of my best performances, you know. Um, yet, I think it was awesome to have a couple friends there from back home supporting me, Chad and Jarrett, and it was just cool to have a, a real crowd. Um, but yeah, it just went well. I felt comfortable on stage. I felt confident in my material. My delivery was good. Um, you know, obviously there's still a ton of improvements I can make from that little performance, but it was great to have that. I needed it, honestly. I needed a little boost, especially after eating shit last weekend. Uh, just up there, going up there and bombing so hard, hearing that audible, oh, no. <laughs> it was, you know, it's nice to get another one back in the wind column. So, uh... Yeah, and like I said, the five-minute set went great. The roast jokes, it, I thought I, I, I crushed, in my opinion, because, uh, what was it? Like, I won four out of the five votes of the judges, and I kind of think that one of the votes was a little bit of a pity vote. I don't really know. She said she couldn't hear my jokes, I guess, so she picked the other guy, but it was it was a beatdown. The, um, the, the, the roast was, I think. Claudio is a great guy. He, uh, you know, tried hard, but I just, you know, people didn't respond as well to his stuff as they did mine. And I guess that was one thing that kind of made it hard for my roast. It's like we didn't really feed off each other as much because he wasn't, like, hitting me back as hard as I was hitting him, maybe, in my opinion. But uh, it went well. Uh, very excited by that. Kind of, you know, feels good to get that, like I said, get that in the wind column and remind myself, like, hey, you are doing the right thing because it's really easy to feel like an insane person while you're trying to do this so that's cool <laughs> um and as i said i had a couple guests visiting chad and Jarrett. they're both here i try to record a podcast we'll hopefully be able to do one with chad i didn't get to do one with Jarrett. just you know you get busy and it doesn't happen it's hard to make some time for it sometimes so uh, hopefully we can get that done but been having great food, you know, a couple trips down memory lane. Haven't seen these guys for a while, so it's nice to have that little bit of nostalgia trip. That's been great. Um, you know, just shooting the shit. We also got to go to, like, the Cabrillo Monument, little lighthouse. 
that's very fun has a great view you can see into Mexico and see all of downtown and stuff up there so we had a good time shout out to them for coming out and seeing me and you know getting away from that terrible winter that all you people are experiencing for the most part right now I feel like ugh, horrible 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 I don't know how you do it um, but yeah, uh, what else? Super Bowl. Holy shit, people. Did you watch this? I don't even think you have to be a football fan to appreciate how incredible that Super Bowl was. Like, that was amazing. Um, just <laughs> Tom Brady obviously had a great game. Nick Foles played fucking phenomenal. What a performance by both the quarterbacks, both the teams. Uh, I mean, what else could you ask for out of a Super Bowl? So many points, so much fun, like high stakes moments back and forth, and just, you know, it was just some great football yesterday. Uh, so shout out to them for for that. One of the best games I've seen recently. I really enjoyed it, even though I didn't really like either team. You know, it's like whatever. I was kind of cheering for Eagles just because fuck Tom Brady and the Patriots. I mean, obviously Brady's the goat, the greatest of all time, but I, you know, it's fun to hate when people are that good. It's fun to hate. So, I was definitely being a hater, sipping that haterade yesterday, and yeah, congrats to the Eagles, uh, if that city, if Philadelphia is still standing today, I don't know, <laughs> it looked like there was riots, people were flipping over cars and stuff, you know, a bunch of savages and animals there in Philadelphia, I guess, but hey, they, that's their first Super Bowl, so I guess that's what you do, you just fucking, you go nuts, that's the rule, <laughs> but yeah, so that was fun, uh, that's pretty much it. Let's, uh, you know, I, I have a, a fun music festival, a little reggae festival I'm going to this weekend. Very excited about. Also going to go to some dune buggy races. So kind of have a busy week, but uh, can't wait to get back, you know, and report back to those. Let you know how those went next week. Uh, but yeah, let's just get into it. Today, going to be part three of the Millennial Manchild origin story. And yeah, we're wrapping it up. We're bringing it to an end. Well, you know. The suspense is over. So <laughs> I hope you all having a good day and you enjoy today's episode. Thanks. I'm nice right now, man. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? That party last night was awfully crazy. I wish you taped it. I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked Drink my beer and smoke my weed But my good friends is all I need Pass out at three, wake up at ten Go out to eat, then do it again Man, I wanna I'm go to college for the rest of my life Sip Banker's Club and drink Miller Lite On Thursday, Thursday and Tuesday night ice And now I can get pizza a dollar a slice So fill up my cup, let's get fucked up I'm next on the table, who want what? I am champion at beer pong Alan Iverson, Akeem Olajuwon Don't even bounce, not in my house Better hope you make it, otherwise you naked Time isn't wasted when you're getting wasted Woke up today and all I can say is um that party last night was awfully crazy i wish you taped it i wish you taped it i danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked drink my beer and smoke my weed but my good friends is all i need pass out at three wake up at ten go out to eat then do it what's up everybody so as promised today i will be giving you part three of the Millennial Man-Child origin story. Yes, 
what you've all been waiting for. The ending. Woohoo! Does he make it? Mm, you know, probably, since I'm telling you this story, obviously. But, uh, let's just get into it, right? Where'd I leave off last time? I was talking about going to high school, I believe. Um, how I felt, mm, underappreciated, or, I don't know. I, I never considered myself that smart, or like a genius, but... You know, would have been nice to have somebody be like, hey, man, not bad, buddy. You're doing all right. You're not as dumb as everybody thinks you are. Didn't really happen. So whatever. Graduate high school, right? And uh, just decide to go to Barton County Community College. It's the community college right in my same town, basically. It's just like out in the country a little bit. Small or a short 15-minute drive, 10-minute drive from my house. And, uh, so yeah, nothing's really changing at this point, right? I'm having a little more freedom because classes aren't all day. Maybe I don't have class every day. Um, and so it's kind of a nice transition from high school to Barton County Community College to K-State. It's a great little transition year for me. Plus, I got paid to go to Barton County, which was awesome. Can't deny that. But, um... It wasn't that impactful on me this year. I had one good teacher that I really liked, Mr. Bueller, a psychology teacher. He was great. Almost made me want to do psychology until I realized that you have to go to school for a very long time to make money in that. And I was like, nah, we're not doing that. But uh, yeah, I didn't have a lot of impactful teachers necessarily at this point. Um, <clears throat> I just kind of, like two things that did happen though during this point of my life was uh, I discovered the Joe Rogan podcast. And as you know, I didn't have a ton of male role models necessarily in my life. And it's not that my dad didn't care, but it's always that he was busy or exhausted by the time he got home. So he didn't always have time to be like, hey, let's talk about politics or what's your philosophy on life or, hey, what's this? What do you think about religion? You know, those weren't conversations that I ever had with my dad or really either of my parents necessarily. But um, <clears throat> I, so I was fascinated by you discovering this podcast and these conversations that he was having. They were very uh, mind opening to me and they kind of shaped my worldview and how I kind of see things today in many ways. And also at this time around the Joe Rogan experience podcast, I discovered marijuana. This is where I first started, you know, doing a little bit of chiefing from time to time, not nothing crazy, but just dabbling, getting my feet wet, if you will. And, uh, between those two things, I really started to calm down because up until this point in my life, I'd been very wound tight, very, pretty serious, um, not as loosey-goosey, not as, like, fun and just, like, whatever, don't give a shit, laid back. I was very uptight, kind of, you know, was just wound a little too tight, and this helped stop that, and I'm very thankful for it, and, you know, weed's not for everybody, of course. I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying it helped me. It helped calm me down. It helped make me more empathetic, less, less self-centered, uh, more thoughtful. Just a bunch of things that I didn't really have a perspective on before. And, you know, sometimes a little bit of marijuana can help open up those, uh, those neurological pathways, I guess, because it did for me. And I think it's had a, a pretty valuable impact on my life. And sure, people are like, oh, it's a drug, it's bad, and... I know my mom hates that, would hate that if she knew I smoked and blah, 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 but I, I don't see much problem with it. I, I get my shit done, I, you know, and whatever. But that's just, you know, as I said, one man's opinion. It works for me. It's not for everybody. 
<clears throat> but this was the, that time where I kind of discovered that and uh, really, like I said, shaped my view of the world kind of at this point. Really helped that. Um, but as I said, Barton for one year and then to K-State. I can actually remember when I decided that I wanted to go to K-State. It was uh, it was actually <laughs> one week into school of Barton. Um, EJ and I, EJ Hiss, uh, he'll be a common thread kind of throughout this part of the story because we joined a fraternity together. We went to K-State together. We went to Barton together. Uh, but <clears throat> we decided to go up to Manhattan to visit some buddies uh, for, for a party. They invited us up, you know. They had just joined a fraternity, and we're like, hey, man, you come up, have a good time with us. And it was amazing. I had never experienced a real college party before. Um, and I was like, oh, this is what college is supposed to be. This is the experience that you see in the movies. This is the experience that I was after. You know what I mean? Um, going to community college at Barton, living at home with my dad still, not the experience uh you're looking for in college at all not for me anyways uh so going up to this party just seeing people just letting loose being like out from under the grips of their parents having this freedom just really allowing themselves to let loose in a way you know it was it was very like inspiring i was like everyone was having such a good time and i was like okay i have to be up here it wasn't i wish i could say it was something noble like I really heard that K-State has a great finance department and I've got to go to K-State for that finance degree. But no, it was like, oh, this is the experience. These are the people I want to be around. And, you know, it ended up being the right choice for sure because I love K-State and to this day still have some of my fondest memories uh, of going to Manhattan. It, it's an incredible city. It's our little town, whatever you want to call it. Because to me, it was like the first place where... Um, it felt like home of like, cause I always had like, I moved around a lot growing up, you know, living with, uh, my mom, we moved around a lot. My dad, you know, my aunt, my dad again, like everything has always been crazy. And I have a lot of bad memories in Great Bend in particular. There aren't necessarily, there's a lot of good memories. Sure. But you know, it's always the bad ones that stand out more. That's just how life works, unfortunately. So when I go to Manhattan, this is the first place where I'm pretty much strictly building happy memories. And it feels like home. And I love that place. I mean, when I go back to Kansas and I go through Manhattan, or I see that sign, you know, exit 303 or whatever it is, like, I start to, I, I, like, I start to tear up a little bit. I'm like, man, I fucking love that place. Because that was the first place that felt like a, a home to me. It felt just safe. And, you know, if I made any, if anything bad was happening, it was probably my fault. And that's, that's a very, you know, a great place to be in, for me. Because I'd always felt like, a lot of bad things happened to me, but it's like, I don't have any control over a lot of this bad shit. So, <clears throat> but anyways, that, that was great, uh, kind of experiencing that party. And that's why we went, that's why we decided to go there. And EJ and I ended up joining Alpha Tau Omega fraternity. It wasn't the same, uh, fraternity that we actually had that really fun party at, but mainly we, we didn't think we'd be able to get into that one or something. I don't know. But, um, we joined ATO and it ended up being probably one of the most pivotal decisions in my life in many ways because it shaped, it also helped shape who I am. It helped me come out of my shell. ATO gave me the confidence to, you know, talk to women, uh, just be more social, um, gave me the confidence and ability to 
deal with people. Because when you live in a fraternity, there's, you know, 80 other guys in the house. You run across a bunch of different personalities. And you learn how to deal with those people. Because you're going to meet a bunch of people like that in the world every day, working with them on your team or whatever. So just learning how to navigate through that was huge. And I feel like I have a pretty good, you know, rapport and I can deal with people much better now just because of being in the fraternity. 100%. And, uh, you know, as I said, I mean, this might not have been the most thoughtful, the most reflective period of my life. You know, because I was very selfish in many ways uh, with the just like drinking and partying and not always focusing so hard on school. But that's okay because I ended up having, like to this day, still some of the best. I think I might be happier now, but I think some of the best times of my life, 100%, <laughs> happened then. And uh, I have to thank ATO for that for sure. But it wasn't just, you know, there was a few mentors in the house as well that kind of uh, helped me. Um, navigate those waters too just whether it's trying to figure out how to not only party but be successful in school and how to set up some structure so you don't just go crazy all that type of stuff because it's easy to just let loose and go out of control and then maybe fail out of school that happened I, I saw it happen to a handful of people you know and it you know it sucks that's just the way it is. And maybe college isn't for everybody. We get that. <clears throat> but um, these people helped me navigate the fraternity, navigate K-State, and just, you know, gave me support when I needed it at times or helped me learn valuable lessons. And I think some people might be a little surprised by some of the names I say here, but uh, and <clears throat> this doesn't discount anyone else because I'm sure I've learned something from pretty much everybody in that house that I given time at one point or another right but these are just a few moments that stand out particularly early on when you're trying to figure out the whole fraternity life because i never even thought i would be in a frat never had even considered it i was pretty much poor white trash right like I, that's not your typical fraternity member that they bring into the house so uh these people kind of help me f figure out how to behave or whatever if you will but the first one was my pledge dad um david garman great dude uh he helped me not only like he kind of took me under his wing as an older guy in the house who a lot of people liked and if like in a weird way it's like a cosign like say if uh you're in the music business and uh jay-z is like yeah come on in man you're the homie now you kind of get that cosign and having garmin as my pledge dad was like ah oh, nice miles pretty good dude probably he's he's garmin's pledge son <clears throat> So that, you know, that helped in a way. But also, he was just so friendly and nice to me. I remember one time partying with him and his dad, playing drinking games, just getting shit-faced. It was one of the best nights I had at ATO. And uh, so shout-out to him for being such a good dude and just showing me love, and uh, I appreciate that, taking me under his wing. Um, another guy, this one will probably shock a lot of people. The next two probably will shock a lot of people. But uh, another guy who helped me out, and I still kind of look up to to this day, is... Uh, Gil Perez Abraham. This guy actually ended up kind of getting kicked out of the house. Made a made a small mistake in my opinion. wasn't the best look for him, but uh, he he's he's a guy who's actually like to to this day still trying to pursue acting. He is very into like the creative process and into the arts. And I have to admit, just being friends with him and seeing him go on his journey, one hundred percent 
inspired me to start trying to do comedy, inspired me to start trying to do uh, this podcast because I saw him out there hustling and like getting on some small roles of the shows and stuff. I'm like, holy shit, I know this guy and he's doing it. So people from Kansas can do this too? Wow. You know, that was a big moment for me. So seeing him do that and also early on, like I said, you know, being poor white trash, I didn't really fit into the stereotypical uh, fraternity mold. I didn't have any collared shirts or, you know, I had cargo shorts, which is a big no-no. If there's a lot of little stupid shit about fraternities that you kind of have to conform to. It just makes it easier. There's no reason to fucking fight it, and I didn't. So he helped me by taking me to a thrift store and just getting some stuff that was stylish and would allow me to fit in a little better. Because, I mean, joining a fraternity can be a little difficult, a little crazy at times. Just trying to figure out with like 80 guys in a house, you know, and you don't know anybody but EJ. So it was nice to have him kind of take me under his wing and also and show me some kindness by trying to help me get a little bit of a, a wardrobe put together for that place. Uh, but uh, yeah, but lastly, uh, this guy showed me a lot of a few couple interesting uh, lessons. Um, he showed me that it was okay to just be. 100% yourself no matter what because it's easy to just be conformist or have a lot of group think when you're in a house of 80 guys who are all hanging out together whatever you know because we would get part we party you know smoke whatever get shit-faced have these crazy parties and he would always be sober he would hang out do his own thing and I respected that at the time everyone would kind of make fun of him or he'd get ridiculed a little bit but, like, looking back, it's like, damn, that's awesome. He stayed disciplined. He stayed principled, you know. And I respect that so much. Plus, what was awesome about this guy is, like, even though him and I disagreed on essentially everything, he was very religious and uh, more conservative, and I was very, you know, not religious and uh, less conservative, <laughs> very more liberal. But he was one of the first guys who had these great debates and discussions with me. Very civil, too. And we could disagree at the end of the day and be like, you know what, I think we're almost like closer because of the debate, in a way, uh, instead of farther apart, which it seems to be happening now. You, you, no one has to have a civil debate. If you just have a different opinion than somebody, it's just like off with their head. This person doesn't understand, you know, and I don't like that. And I, so just shout out to Brad Schnefke for being such a good dude and allowing me to have those fun debates with him and challenge my ideas and challenge his ideas because... Uh, you know, there's another couple guys in the house I would do that with, like Chris Gable and uh, a few others, but he was one of the ones that I, I kind of stood out as well um, to me. But like I said, you know, I probably missed a few people. I learned so much from everybody in that house, and it was a phenomenal time in my life. But uh, let's, you know, I kind of go through that, graduate college, and, uh, you know, this is where I decide I'm, I'm kind of lost. I'm finishing school. I don't know what to do. And luckily, my uh, buddy Corey Monroe comes through in the clutch. This is where he decides that he's actually got a job lined up in San Diego, and he doesn't want to move out there by himself. So he asked me and my friend Aaron Ellison to move out with him. And it wouldn't be like I would not be doing this podcast today. I would not be doing stand-up comedy. I wouldn't even be out here without Corey. He made it all possible him and Aaron shout out to Aaron too because I couldn't you know afford it to be out here without those guys and uh they they really I mean helped me 
just start this journey. Sure, I had to work at LPL for a little bit and get my feet wet and figure out the, the land, the lay of the land out here a little bit. But uh, yeah, 100% would not be out here without Corey. And I'm just very grateful and thankful for uh, him giving me the opportunity to come out here. Like, he didn't have to do that. He could have moved out here by himself. He could easily have, you know, just had a one-bedroom apartment and said, ah, fuck it. I'll figure it out. I might meet some friends or maybe not. Who cares? I'll just be a little little loner, a little hermit crab. But no, he, he took me and Aaron with him. And I think we're both very thankful for that because, I mean, since I moved out here, my life is definitely just the momentum of it is getting better and better. And yeah, so I owe a lot to him. And lastly, one more shout out before we end this podcast. Uh, since I moved out to California, there's been one, one dude in particular who has made it so much better because uh, he's introduced me to so many friends, new friends, new people, new experiences. Uh, my boy Pete Nast and obviously his wife Sasha she's wonderful too uh, they have introduced me to so many friends so many people uh, are always very inclusive of me they're my neighbors when we moved out here so that was just how lucky is that to have such a cool neighbor like that when you first move out to California but yeah he was like the first guy who got me weed he was like uh, taking me around to the bar showing me all this and yeah so he's just a good dude has made my fucking California experience exponentially better and uh i just wanted to give him a quick shout out too but yeah that pretty much leads you to here today where i am and why i'm doing this uh those are a lot of the experiences that kind of helped me along the way help guide me people uh as well but yeah i hope you got a little something from that maybe you could relate to it in a way maybe it allowed you to reflect on your story and kind of think about some people that helped you get to where you are because no one ever gets to anywhere without help. There's so many people that helped me along the way. I'm sure I missed a, a handful of them, and I'm sorry, and I apologize, because I'm very thankful for everybody who helped, who's helped me along the way, and for everybody who listens to this, because it means a lot to me, and I really do appreciate it. So, uh, thanks again, and I hope you enjoyed that. As they come and go, cause I know that someone knows this is the life for me. And when they put my ship set sail, I'll be on the beach, watching through the water with the same beneath my feet, so I can watch another sunrise. You know, I can't deny this is the life for me. story and you know we'll get back to something new and fresh next week i know i hope that wasn't too long going three weeks you know three parts with that but just kind of how it worked out 
hope you got a little something from it. Hope you could relate to it. Maybe it helped you reflect all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> I just got a few things as usual I want to talk about here at the end. Uh, one thing in particular, I, uh, I checked a couple goals off my list. You know, I mentioned at the beginning that I uh, was able to perform on stage as part of a show. But I, for, I don't know if I mentioned, I also got paid for that show. So that was the first time I've received any money in comedy. Sure, it was only 10 bucks, but it was fucking awesome to get paid for telling some jokes. Even if it's 10 bucks, that's fucking cool to me. It does, I don't know if I'm professional yet or not, but I finally got paid to tell some jokes, and that is fucking cool. So check that off. Got on a show, check that off. I'm very excited about that. Um, as I mentioned, you know, the diet has been slacking. I've been letting these fucking cream sodas and root beers creep into my life. It hasn't been gummy worms or candy as much. It's like lately it's really been these sodas. And I think it's partly because I've quit drinking. I have not been drinking that much at all, if at all. I can't remember the last drink I had recently. It's just something I'm finding less and less appealing, I guess, as I get older. I don't know why. I, I guess mainly because of the hangover. I don't like spending money on it that much. All those fun things. Partly, probably because I'm broke too. That might that might have a little something to do with it. Who knows? But yeah, so I really gotta you know buckle down on the diet. Figure out how to get those sodas and shit out of there. That's gonna be a goal for February, I think. Again, I just uh, it's my biggest problem. I have the most trouble with diet. I can I've been pretty good about exercising, although a little less so with the guests here in town. It's you know we've been busy walking a bunch, but not running or you know working out per se. But uh, it's been great to have them around, so uh, it's it's worth the the sacrifice of not working out as much, right? But um, yeah, you just gotta figure out that soda thing. That's the big one. Um, as for uh, I mentioned last time, you know, not trying not to like anything on social media, and it had a it definitely had an effect on me. I was less excited to use social media uh, when you can't like it. Something I definitely think there's something there. I know. For me, when I think about likes or when they're talking about likes on these articles, they're like, oh, they make me less happy or uh, people try to, like, you know, take a post down and repost it because they didn't get enough likes and they think it'll get more likes this time or whatever have you, right? Um, I've always kind of seen the, that discussion as receiving likes. That's been the thing. Like, that's the thing that excites people, right? That's the where you get the dopamine when you have the notification up there. But I think there's something to giving likes as well because I was less excited to use social media when I couldn't click a like button when I couldn't give out that little you know I don't know if it seems like a little power or like hey you know I like what you're doing it's like it shows something and it definitely does something to your brain because <clears throat> I was less inclined to tweet or post anything it just was less inclined to get on there and look at stuff because I couldn't like anything it was like, you know, it, it really, there's something to that. I know there is because I experienced it this week. I feel like, <clears throat> so just be wary of that, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I'm not an expert. I could be wrong. Uh, obviously, it could be wrong. I'm not, you know, I'm a fool. I'm just a stupid kid from Kansas. But um, it was interesting. Just, just like, maybe you try it yourself. Try not liking anything on social media for a week. You know, it was fun for me. Be well, and by fun, I mean... I learned that, oh, this is definitely part of why I like social media, is to get on there and be like, beep, 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 you know, pressing that like button or giving people a little heart. So just be wary of that. Just think of it, you know. Be conscious. 
of that. Uh, so lastly here, we'll finish up with uh, two things to check out. I watched this great documentary. It's produced by one of my favorite uh, you know, directors and producers, writers, uh, comic, Judd Apatow. He uh, produced this documentary called May It Last, A Portrait of the Avert Brothers. And I just thought, you know, I hadn't heard of them before this. Um, I just like Judd Apatow stuff. And if, you know, he saw something in these guys and thought they were worth producing a documentary on, I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And their music is amazing. I had never really heard it before, as I said. But it really caught me off guard. The lyrics are phenomenal. They're very talented musicians. And uh, <clears throat> quite frankly, it very it impressed me a lot. And I'm a, I'm a fan, new fan now of the Avid Brothers because of that documentary. So uh, I'm going to play a little song here at the end, as you'll see. And if you like it, check it out. Uh, it's on HBO Go. And it's, you know, about an hour and a half long. But if you like the music, you're going to like the documentary, plain and simple. Um, uh, what else? Oh, yeah. And uh, lastly here, a new podcast to check out. It's I've mentioned this guy before. I've seen him in The Wave when he came here to visit in San Diego. Uh, he's also on Kill Tony, one of my favorite podcasts that I've mentioned on here before. But now he's starting his own podcast. It's kind of like an old-timey radio show where crazy characters that you know may or may not be alive anymore call in, and they do funny voices, and they have a, just a really good time. And it's just like a lighthearted, fun podcast, basically. So if you're looking for something like that, uh, check out Jeremiah Wonders. Uh, he is just a funny dude, great at characters, has a you know, nice, lighthearted personality, and he's from Kansas, which is really cool, in my opinion, because it's another comedian who's doing something from Kansas, and if, you know, I, I think we should support him, Kansas, that's all I'm saying, so check it out if you like it, uh, if, if you feel like getting some laughs, you know, but yeah, uh, we'll wrap it up with the music here, in order, the music was I Love College, Asher Roth, uh, Set Sail by The Movement, who I'll be seeing at that reggae concert, very excited about that. And Ain't No Man by the Avid Brothers. So, I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. And until next time, Millennial Manchild, signing off. Peace. There ain't no man can't save me. There ain't no man can't enslave me. Ain't no man a man that can change or shape my soul is in. There ain't nobody here. Who can cause me pain or raise my fear? Cause I got only love to share. If you're looking for truth, I'm proof you'll find it there. You got to serve something, ain't that right? I know it gets dark, but there's always a light. You don't have to buy in to get into the club. Trade your worries. You gotta show up if you wanna be seen If it matters to you, Ma, it matters to me I'm gonna fall hard, yeah, I know I am When the clouds crack up, I laugh with them There ain't no man can save me There ain't no man can enslave me Ain't no man or man that can change the shape my soul is in There ain't nobody here Who can cause me pain or raise my fear Cause I got on If you're looking for truth, I'm proof you'll find it there.